Hello everyone and welcome to Agala's Current Affairs, a marine science podcast set in Southern Africa with me as one of your hosts, Dr. Yannis Kisson of Kikoscopy Media, alongside Dr. Nelson Miranda of Argonaut Science. And today we are talking about cops. Cops? We're talking about coping. <laughs> <Yeah>. Coping? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> cops. All, all, 27 very specific cops that are important to, to marine science in Southern Africa. There have been 27 cops and now we're talking about the latest one. <laughs> the latest one, yes, for sure. So COP stands for Conference of the Parties, not, not yeah. you know, not other uh, things that COPs may stand for. Yeah, not COPs and robots, <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> Which sounds very, very general. I don't know whether no. that was intentional, but it's obviously a conference of different parties that are involved in essentially figuring out what our future might look like if they take certain steps that they all agree to or put put on the put on the table to get looked at by the other parties and come to some kind of conclusion on on how to act where to act what to do how to assign funds things like that in specific to to one very it certainly sounds like a lot of partying Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, it might I mean it might be a party up in there. I don't know. I don't attend COP. Or I don't have the the privilege of being one of the parties involved. Um, but essentially, it is a conference of people coming together to discuss climate change and what actions us as a society um, and our world leaders, world leaders, are going to take. Um, in regard to our changing climate and, and the coming future that we are um, looking forward to slash not looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. So what? UNFCCC. That's, uh, that's quite an acronym. <laughs> so those are all the parties. Um, and these parties are actually, they involve different countries all over the world. And uh, this... Uh, this uh, conference has been quite historical, isn't it? There's, quite, there's been quite a few uh, accords and agreements and things over the years, because it's been 27 of these things, so at least 27 years, because it's a yearly mm. thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, interesting things have come out of it when it comes to climate change. Yeah, especially when it comes to international policy and international relations. When it comes to you know multinational decisions on how to to tackle these things, yeah, big picture um, stuff, big picture yeah, stuff, yeah, indeed. I mean, it's the, it's the stuff that transcends, transcends, um, you know, like like tenure, like presidential tenures. You know, those can last like four to five to eight to ten years, right? But these sort of things are the thing, are the plans that we put in place for like decades. Um, at least try to, at least. So they transcend like who's in power, at least for some some of most countries. Um, so it's quite yeah, like you said, big big picture stuff. Yeah, um, and I think so, I think not a lot of people are actually aware that these things are happening. You know, there's this, uh, you know, uh, there's this almost like expectation that uh, we should we should be listening. In, but uh, I think that most people don't know these things uh, are happening, or they're not interested because you know it's such big picture stuff that eventually it will 
it, it involves them, but only down the line. So why bother, you know, paying yeah. attention? Or maybe it, maybe you don't really know that this exists every year that these things are happening. Um, what yeah, do you think? Yeah. No, 100%. I agree. And like even I um, don't really like see it like come and go like every year in the the general like you know, what do you call it consciousness of of, of media and, and pop culture um i think it is something that is very technical and it is policy uh, related um i don't necessarily think that um because it's of that technical nature i don't think it is marketed that well or that it needs to be I think other people like journalists and, and like influencers afterwards will go back and be like okay this is what we covered and that's what like makes the news but the actual like conference itself I think it's more like of a conference and it like involves the parties that are going to it and um, the kind of presentations they make and the, and the conclusions that they uh, that they come to so I can see why it is not like in the published consciousness as much, despite its its importance. But mm. I don't know. Maybe it should be. I, I'm, I'm maybe it's not changing. Quite sure. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's changing now. Uh, we we're becoming more informed. There's more access to different information streams, and there's definitely very, a lot of perceptions and opinions about. The perceptions and opinions of this conference and i think yeah. that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today um you know uh, yeah, for sure so definitely from the outside looking in i'm not somebody who <laughs> would probably ever be invited to one of these things um, i don't do any deep kind of work um, in, in those realms when it comes to like climate mm. policy or, or that type of thing uh, or maybe I will one day. I don't know. We'll see how far the Psycon podcast goes. Oh yeah, um, but but we definitely <laughs> all um, kind of touch upon it from the bottom up, perhaps because yeah, we do yeah. we do do research that uh, yeah. is within the general theme of climate change and biodiversity yeah, 100%. change. Yeah, I mean we've done I've done research related to climate change, and I do science communication related to climate change yeah but uh, when it comes to policy there's a kind of a different group of people uh, that is not really uh, I suppose we need to have a talk about like science policy at some point I think we need uh, to yeah. yeah because it's also stories because we're telling stories and stories do have yeah. a bottom up influence as well so yeah, sure. I, I think that 100%. we we can become you know more involved and more aware of our influence uh, in all yeah, of us yeah. even those of us that have no idea yeah so my <laughs> outside perception based on like the conversation that's being had like in on people's opinions and what's being put out there by uh, the organizers of, of cop 27 um i see personally that there's a conversation about africa and its place in, in the conversation um, because a lot of African countries are developing. Um, it's a resource-rich resource area, but it is third world. We, we did not get the chance <laughs> to use all of those fossil fuels in order to like, industrialize and like, build wealth. Um, but we are being subjected to the kind of measures that are being taken 
um, in order to curb emissions and curb climate change and things like that. So certain like that has to come to the to into the conversation of how do we make this transition just for third world countries? Um, how do we enable them to come to to the party and how do we enable them to take those measures that everybody has has agreed on at, at least on paper? But how are we going to tackle these these climate issues? Yeah. So how COP is set up is that there's like different like days that they tackle, um, you know, different sort of focus um, topics or themes, um, agendas. Um, and I think a lot of them were focused on essentially how all of these things actually intersect with each other because looking at everything in isolation generally kind of like leads to problems. Um, I think a lot, we focus on the science for a lot of it. I don't know when it comes to COP specifically, but I know in like research, uh, we focus a lot on the science part and the mechanisms of what's actually going on and modeling what could be our future. Uh, but we can't, as human beings, take ourselves out of the picture. You know, we we are also <laughs> natural things that exist. <laughs> like we 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 evolved, we came about. We are part of nature, right? Although yeah. the things that we do, um, we call unnatural because we separated ourselves like out of it for some reason. Uh, but the thing is. We're not going to call everybody tomorrow, right? Well, there's like Thanos is not going to come through and like just snap his finger yeah. and like half of us are gone and it saves. I heard, I heard he wasn't there. I heard he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't come. I'm sure he would, you know, be quite uh, popular if he did pitch up it. Yeah, I think the spaceship was too much of a carbon emissions issue. Probably. So then exactly. he decided no. Yeah, but not to, to go there. But the thing is, we can't remove ourselves from nature. We are there, so human problems come yeah. into it, and we gotta find a space where everybody can come onto the to the same page. And that's essentially what COP is about. Yeah. Everybody getting onto the same page about to deal with these problems that will come through um, in the future. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and I mean, African perspective is super important on that because, mm. um, generally speaking, we we have to speak in bigger picture terms. Um, African people are part of nature, are part of Africa, and the way we we can't just remove it. It's not like the the first world countries that have already gone through and uh, you know sort of removed people from the environment as a as a way forward, and that's worked out mm. for them. You know, so a lot of those ideas of conservation, for example, are first world driven. And it's just not so in Africa. In Africa, we are in it, you know. Um, mm. And there's no removing people. That's not, it's mm. not the, the way forward. And I, I, I really do uh, think that, uh, generally speaking, the world has a lot to learn and listen from African perspectives and from African people uh, to learn about uh, what it is to be in nature and to manage nature naturally or unnaturally yeah yeah live sustainably amongst nature mm. uh, which i think um a lot of native african uh, peoples actually do get right a lot of the time um so when it comes to the first couple of major agendas that we tackled um one of them, I think, was, was the finance. I think that was day one. And I thought it was quite interesting because 
The thing is, you can't separate that out from anything. In order to get anything done, you need money to fund the things. You know, it reminded me of you know the, the Shakespeare line that I think is is from like Greek philosophy, but like nothing comes from nothing, right? Mm-hmm. King Lear. If you don't have anything, you don't do anything. Then nothing's going to happen. So we're going to have to fund whatever endeavors. If we want to have a transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy, somebody's got to pay for that. Um, so the question of who is going to fund this? Um, how do countries get funding in order to to do these things? Can we ask mm. other governments for funding? Can there be funding instruments like loans? How much interest we're going to put on those loans? Um, which are all very big and complicated questions mm. that obviously uh, should be tackled first, I suppose. <laughs> so it made sense to me. Yeah, and you know what? Aligning that sounds like the intent was to align um, financial things, to align money with reality. You know, mm. and that's that's a smart thing to do um, because I mean, we, we something's gonna pay, <laughs> something or someone <laughs> is gonna pay one way or the other, and we need to align the value, which money is the symbol of value with uh, the reality i think that is the fundamental principle at work there yeah yeah you can't think of it as using fossil fuels um was cheap and, and quick at the time but we were paying for it like in our future and now like the bull is like coming due and we're gonna repay to, to fix um a lot of it so when it comes to the next agenda which was like the science and obviously like most of this the science on the mechanisms of climate change are already in so the science now when it comes to like policy is focusing on like um okay how can we bolster ourselves how can we make ourselves more resilient to to the, the coming uh, potential effects and things that we're already seeing because we're already seeing effects happening we mm. spoke about it on our previous episodes yeah. um and yeah if these things are going to keep on recurring recurring more often getting more severe how do we then make ourselves and and different areas of the planet different countries different peoples more resilient uh prepared and resistant to what's going to happen yeah um yeah, and, and the, the good news on the scientific front is that there are many scenarios that have been projected into the future. And uh, the good news is that we're not in an apocalyptic scenario. We've already, uh, you know, we've already changed the, tra- tra- the trajectory of, uh, of our activities as the human race. This is big picture stuff. Uh, away from that, uh, you know, worst case scenario, apocalypse, apocalypse sort of uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, world ending, <laughs> yeah. world ending sort of uh, state, um, and that's uh, that. There's a lot of uh, scientific evidence to support that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the other major like area of research that I saw on the, on the agenda was actually research into the ways of putting action, like doing, like having climate action which I thought was interesting. So like, okay, let's research exactly how do we go about actually doing anything? How effective is it? How do we convince people? That sort of thing, which I, which I thought was interesting because now it's getting into uh, bringing the people aspect more into it. And because uh, it just, it's not all just 
environment. Like it, the people has to solve the problems. So like how we integrate all of it. Um, so focusing on the science of the actions, I thought was interesting as well for the agenda. Yeah, it's really interesting. But, you know, because the environment and the ocean in particular has been solving the problem for us. It's been buffering us. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's about time <laughs> that we, about we time. actually understand actions. Um, yeah, yeah, and what they mean and whether they work. Um, yeah, so there was overall um, a focus kind of on, on Africa. One of them was... Uh, the idea that there needs to be a energy transition, but it also needs to be just, and that justness comes um, in the form of assessing the finances, it comes um, in the form of looking at people and the effects on people and what works for um, individual uh, groups of peoples. Um, and that's the idea of like, also a lot of these different aspects um, that were on the agenda kind of like intersect, right? And they do kind of like intersect right through Africa, which was, I thought oh, yeah. was interesting. Um, because it is, you know, like money, it is science, it is uh, people's livelihood, it is food, it is water. Um, a lot, like each, there was a day um, that was like assigned to other things that you would think you'd need a whole conference for. Um, but also makes sense because it is also these changes or these uh, effects and what adaptations are going to need it has to take all of these things into account. So we're talking about things like the water crisis, you know, like I'm sure like for a long time you heard like what was World War Three going to be about, you know. Mm -hmm might be about something else <laughs> we, won't, we won't go into that now uh but you always heard it was the next world war is going to be about water. you know because water is a limiting resource actually uh, it might seem abundant in in a lot of places but i think as the years have gone on we have seen that if we don't do something people are going to be running out of water and that's when the bullets are going to start flying yeah so that's when like we need to do something about like losing uh, the water if all of it evaporates because it, it gets yeah. too hot or there's not enough rain in certain places. There's going to be more water in some places that we can handle. Um, and we see that in like South Africa as one country, right? Like, yeah. like KwaZulu-Natal, there was more water that we could handle. Too much. Uh, and then mm. in the Eastern Cape, Western Cape, there's not enough in water. Cape Town. Not enough. Yes. Yeah. No, not yeah. enough water. So, yeah, we are, like, we obviously talking about fresh water um, and yeah. uh, water that we can drink. Uh, there's mm. plenty of salt water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of salt water. Yeah, <laughs> might be getting more as the sea level rises. Yep. Um, but it's yeah. So definitely, and when it comes to water, like. It, like we obviously water to drink but water also is needed fresh water for other things especially like growing the plants mm -hmm. and, and that feed us or, or that we yeah. create feed for animals that, that feed us um so the food scarcity issue what that means for for climate change water scarcity what that means for for climate change and all these things come together and also um sustainable harvesting because we are losing biodiversity based on our actions whether it's harvesting whether it's pollution whether it's it's other things uh, but we know from the research that 
biodiverse ecosystems are generally more um, resilient to to change. So biodiversity loss is another aspect that is uh, that intersects with with climate change because if you have less resilient systems you're less adaptable and less resilient to more change that will come down um, down the line so I thought there was interesting of focusing on these other things that in of themselves require action but when you think about it they all connect it so there should be large actions that kind of include everything mm. Um, yeah, sort of a coordination of some sort. Yeah, for sure. Like COP. <laughs> yeah. Countries coming together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, so like the, those are the things that we sh- that they are focusing on on the agenda, but also bringing more stakeholders into the conversation. So it's not just like world leaders. Um, and governments, which which may look a certain way <laughs> or be of a certain age, uh, adding other people, other genders, adding younger people. There were very young people that, that were speaking um, and getting involved. Um, I think there was a UN like advisor that's the youngest ever, like twenty years old. Um, there were kids, really young kids speaking. Um, and all tr- like trying to rally for some kind of of change or more change um, to occur, but also on the other end, letting keeping those people in mind for the adaptations, for the actions that are going to come to the future, because they need to be just right. They they can't be done in such like you can't solve problems by creating other problems like. I mean, that's how we've been doing it for, for history. That, it, yeah, that is a kind of, I, I think that's the legacy of technology. Um, but there needs to be more thought put into, okay, we need to solve this problem. What action are we going to take that is going to be helpful to everyone and like not cause problems that we need to change um, later on? And, okay, we're still going to be having this conference 100 years from now. It's just going to be different mm-hmm. conversations. You know, um, trying to minimize that, I think, is a good idea and doing things in a, in a smart way. Yeah, and getting that element of youth and uh, in now is also probably good from many different perspectives. Um, Definitely, because these things are going to affect them in the future. So yeah, um, that's the whole reason we're having these discussions is for future generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the youth has a way of, of reflecting and echoing some um, very, you know, important points. Um, and, uh, you know, that sometimes the, the, the youngest and smallest voice can really, like, cut through the crowd, isn't it? For sure, 100%. And the last bit of, of stakeholders I thought was interesting that I didn't think of before um, was uh, bringing in civil societies, because um, most of the people are just civil citizens, you know, civilians. <laughs> um, these are discussions that are usually made either amongst governments, amongst large non-government organizations, non-profits, uh, large businesses, mm-hmm. and corporations. Uh, but the thing is, uh, the group of people that has the most people are just everyday people, <laughs> civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to get people... Uh, added to the conversation and or motivated to drive change, I think is a good idea. Um, 
I think I think overall, um, not only with the climate, but I think with most things when it comes to like societal change or politics, I think it's, it's a good idea to have some kind of body that is just people. Mm. No, it is. It's mm. even required for a lot of things, uh, you know, a lot of policies that you have some sort of input and consultancy with yeah. people. Just you know, be with it. I don't know what that looks like on a global level. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I didn't, didn't look too deeply into it. Uh, it's just something that I saw that I didn't expect to see. Like, the, 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 that's what all the stuff I'm talking about. Right? I expect yeah. to see certain things when I think of COP. Uh, but having a deeper look now, it's like, oh, that is interesting. Um, and I think those are the main points when it comes to the agenda of COP27. I think that's the broad idea of what they were trying to tackle this year. Like, what are your over, overall thoughts about all this stuff, Nelson? Yeah, I think that, um, and again, it's, it's just an opinion. I think this is all very big picture stuff. And I really, I to say again that, that most people, I mean, we just spoke about civil society. I, I, I think most people, um, I, I struggle to think that, that we are all aware that there's, uh, there's these, you know, <laughs> these agendas, these conversations happening, these conversations, <laughs> and this this call for cooperation. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think we're becoming more aware. I'm hoping that there's going to be more awareness uh, in our everyday lives, and I hope there's there are ways that we can become more aware of these things, because these are themes. It goes yeah. beyond COP itself. You know, COP is just like yeah. a vehicle um, for, sure. for, for a lot of these things. But um, it's good to 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 hear that, yeah, that the common person everywhere is going to hopefully be uh, involved or more directly with something like this. I think that's a positive thing. Yeah. Because I really For think sure. that, that it hasn't happened, really. Um, you kind of hear it as an abstract, as something. You know. <laughs> there are a lot of seemingly abstract ideas. Um, I think the only thing that made the news, and I think it's because it was like, like something more like tangible was that uh, I think 150 million dollars was pledged uh, for Africa just transition to to renewable energy. And I, th I think that's the only thing I saw like on the news related to to COP, mm. which is interesting. I don't know whether 150 million dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> it seems low to me. Yeah, uh, my, it also seems my first gut reaction to something like that is that it's, that's very low um, and it's a pledge. So until uh, African people actually get the thing, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah. So I, uh, I owe you one. Yeah. Uh, I definitely will. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> later, later. It's not right now, like, like later. I owe you. And uh, yeah. where does this pledge come from? Probably from a first world, uh, you know, uh, yeah. sort of avenue. And like, mm. yeah, we know that already. They they do owe. <laughs> like, thanks. Yeah, um, that's why it seems a little low, you know, because we talk about like yeah, effects balling. that are happening, yeah, like on billions and trillions of dollars level. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's thus far, like in the future, it might go like quadrillions. We don't know. Maybe that um, speaks to the disparity, like the mismatch between, you know, the value of, uh, you know, that should be allocated mm. and the value that is associated with transforming the way we live so that it's uh, better for our environment and better for our climate. 
Um, it strikes me that, yeah, I agree with you. It seems to be low. And I mean, not, maybe beggars can't be choosers. Maybe that's the idea. But why, yeah. why are we put it? You know, there's a psychology, isn't it, behind this where yeah. it's like, oh, Africa is a general, is a, is a beggar then, you know? I don't know if that's yeah. obviously true or it's just the, yeah. the gut feeling that, that we get. Uh, well, I get it. Uh, I don't know. Do you also see that? Uh. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what's right. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, mm. um, for sure, I think like some like money has to be given back. But the thing is, I don't know by who, and I don't know how much. Yeah, um, and I don't know to who, and it's. And maybe that's like the problem. The, mm, yeah, maybe that's yeah. the problem. Maybe we should know a bit better, uh, you know, generally speaking, civil society, but also not just civil society, because as much as, mm. is, as it is important, and we must include mm. everyone, um, it's not just the responsibility of every single person, it's also the responsibility of groups of people, of institutions, of businesses, uh, large-scale mm. businesses in this case. They have a huge responsibility because those are sort of the entities, the collective entities that have also driven all this progress that necessitated yeah. you know, more resources and more power and, and uh, have led to what we have today, you know, mostly first world entities. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they have that's a the huge thing, responsibility. That's the thing, because when it comes to like between the first and the third world, like when it comes to fossil fuels, like the first world, like, they're the winners, you know, they built their wealth, they yeah. industrialized they rapidly, they got, they got their first, yeah. <laughs> and now the third world countries, like, if we want to prosper, like, we need to industrialize, we need to create, we need to manufacture, and that, that costs energy. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we also bound by the agreements that we make at, at places like cop and other places when it comes to uh, building a better future yeah so there's a mismatch there <laughs> like there do, are we always on the, the are we always on the back foot like is it just unlucky like is that fair is that just yeah is it a historical pattern uh, is it because they got there first now they're also kind of in charge and uh, you know there's this these power dynamics which are interesting mm -hmm. and um i think that that's that's not great for uh, for Africa and third world countries uh, to have that psychology and that idea like oh no we are sort of in a hierarchy below. How much of it is a human problem? You know how much of it is it that you know certain groups of humans have done this and got there, and uh, there's other groups of humans that have not. Uh, done it exactly the same way and does it mean that the ones that got there first should have the say and the power and uh, you know uh, what are the ethics yeah. there uh, I, I feel that African people uh, and African uh, third world sort of uh, countries should actually have a lot to say you know and should have a lot mm. more power and uh, decision and, and I think that you know, if they haven't gotten there first in terms of industrialization, that doesn't mean they shouldn't uh, have the power of decision uh, from, yeah. on a global scale as as, yeah. as part of the human yeah. race. It feels that, that that's not fair. Yeah, it all came down to, to luck, essentially. 
there's a great book by, jeez, I forgot the author, but it's called J Guns, Germs, and Steel. Yes. Kind of retell, retells the story of why why the first world is the first world, essentially. Mm. Um, and there's it's nothing about the people, really. It's more about the environment uh, in which those people found themselves and that gave them the upper hand. Um, so we need to bring those kind of questions into, into the frame. We need to have those conversations yeah. on how do we proceed. Um, and I think they are doing that to some degree um at the very least like we said earlier they're not it's not they, like they're not doing anything <laughs> like the it was uh, these things are being discussed which is uh hopeful at the very least i think mm -hmm. and better than nothing that's true that's true uh, yeah so i think that's most of what was on the agenda um, and I think the major concern, some other concerns such criticisms that I saw on Twitter, because Twitter is a fire hose of, of opinions, mm. uh, with people having their say about, uh, I think one of the major criticisms, like from the start was, the uh, people just think it's just a lot of just talking and like, uh, greenwashing. Uh, people pretending to do things, but they just like trying to wipe their hands of, of blood. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not going to die. I deny that's not happening. But also, I can't assess the intent of certain people or organizations. That's not for me to judge. Uh, but like I said earlier, like at least some things are being done and things are being put on the table in, in a public manner, and uh, things are being discussed. I think removing yourself from the discussion i don't think that's necessarily helpful and being like nihilistic about it yeah um you know, i think yeah I, I i don't think it i don't think it brings us forward i don't like i don't know what you could do to counteract that in any way that, that that's useful if you're not coming to the party with, with solutions um so that was that was one of the things uh a big uh kind of blowback about the hypocrisy of these world leaders using like private jets to jet from all over the world um, to COP, which is okay, I understand jet fuel is a fossil fuel um, and uh, you know a lot of emissions on the other hand, it is the fastest, uh, most convenient way for important people to travel, so yeah. I think they're the physically yeah. yeah, if they want to be there physically. Mm. Uh, the other side to that is that we had two years where a lot of physical things wasn't happening and mm. the world functioned for the most part, yeah. um, especially when it comes to communications and conferences. Um, so why they couldn't make it 100% clean by going that route, I'm not sure. Um, or uh... probably maybe... Yeah. Maybe look it up and see what the thinking was behind that. Um, but it is a question as to, okay, why can't we just do this virtually and maybe save in that regard? It is possible to human do it. Beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do have the technology. We have the technology. And the technology can actually be even further developed so that it's you know even more effective. Because I think you're about to say humans 
communicate in many different ways and the yeah, best yeah, way yeah. to communicate as a human being is to physically be exactly yeah yeah the, na- the most natural way yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so I, we have I to do the unnatural fall- thing isn't it we have to do a natural <laughs> thing to then be there naturally and does it but does it balance out i mean uh, you could actually yeah. probably measure the carbon footprint of the, uh, the of cop over the years and um, and see yeah, and quantify see? Why, yeah, why, why not? Exactly. And that will give a little bit of context to the to the different views and arguments. Um, which, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, for sure. It's fair, it's fair to, to think about these things. You know? I mean, I saw two main sponsors. One of them was, was Coca-Cola. Uh, yeah. Getting a big corporation to pay for your conference, I suppose, it's a win, maybe? I don't know. Um, and the other one was, I think, a, a solar company in Egypt. So I think a lot of the energy used was solar. Mm. Um, but I don't know how much of that actually contributes to cutting emissions or whatever uh, other negative uh, effects that might be happening but maybe somebody publishes a paper that gives us that information so we can know at least some information um, that that would be nice because I mean we want like we want as much information about these things as possible to try and prevent hypocrisy and try and counteract against this, these nihilistic talking points mm. um, or inform your future, like learn so you can inform your future yeah. uh, conferences. Because, I mean, conferences and uh, meetings, um, like generally speaking, these are these are opportunities for, for, for humans to come together and, uh, you know, organize something and so to to completely just um, judge the whole uh, operation as being uh, like just posturing or you know uh, just going through the motions it's just it's all surface it doesn't go it's it's not entirely fair uh, I don't think yeah Um, because there will be components uh, of that you know conference of those meetings that actually are uh, you know <laughs> are creating intending. change or at they're least creating yeah. change yeah they you know so to, to, building the to do away for yeah change. exactly so I mean uh, to do away with the system altogether may not be the smartest thing um, but to criticize the system is definitely fair you know it is fair. and yeah. the system should definitely be criticized but I think to leave it uh, it kind of, you know, it, it does make a point, but then, you know, does it really make the, the you know, is it really the best way to make the point? Mm-hmm. Speaking of humans coming together, one of, one of the mascots for, for I think, the UNDP, UN Developmental something, um, was a guy in a dinosaur suit, a velociraptor suit, called Frankie the Dino, Frankie uh, that Dino. they had <laughs> they had an interview with. Uh, I thought this was simultaneously funny and kind of almost pointless at the same time. Like, I don't know how much like the sort of like effect this sort of thing has. Yeah. Um, 
but it was, I suppose, at, at the very least amusing. At the very least amusing. And his whole tagline was like, "Don't choose extinction." He was yeah. like, "I was there when the dinosaurs died. Somehow I'm still alive." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm confused. Yeah, don't Why think these about people?" It's like, "Why are these people rushing towards their own extinction by their own hands?" Um, which I get the point. I, I get the point. I don't necessarily know whether that's the right way to go. Um, I mean, is this know. is this like the this is this is surely not the official mascot? It's like, not a mascot like, for Cope. No, yeah, it's, it's to, UNDP. Yes. UNDP is an issue, which is uh, one subsidiary of, of, yeah. of the UN. Uh, no, it's, it's not a it's not a Cope thing. It was just a funny United thing. United Nations Development Program. Yeah. 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 Um, that's not like that's not the whole United Nations. Not, that's not the whole. Oh, it's just yeah. it's one subsidiary. Uh, but it was they did post it to their timeline, so it was, it was a funny thing that I saw <laughs> uh, that I I thought to to comment on. And uh, I don't know the the other end to it is that it will resonate with some people maybe like kids because i know like when i was really young i was really into dinosaurs oh yeah and i think uh, a lot of my friends were as well uh it seems to be a common uh it seems to be a common thing amongst uh people going into science or become nerds or geeks later on in life that was one of their first like (laughs) geekdoms and nerddoms is is Mm. geeking out about dinosaurs um so i get it from that perspective Having an interview with a dinosaur where the dinosaur is just like growling and you get have subtitles for them. I don't know. I'm not the audience for that. <laughs> <laughs> the, science, the, the communication. Hmm. The communication strategy there. Questionable. Questionable. Yeah, it's either questionable or it's super genius. It's like those things. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Like it's at the same time. <laughs> It was like genius or not genius at the same time. But I don't know. You can let us in the comment section like what your opinion on that and the rest and having, of it. Having our perception of a dinosaur <laughs> being the spirit, uh, not just the spirit, but the qualification <laughs> of uh, the United Nations Development Program, which apparently helps countries to develop strong policy skills, partnerships, and institutions so that they can sustain progress <laughs> so uh so maybe the yeah. message is that uh, the progress might be leading towards some sort of dinosaur related uh, incident <laughs> dinosaur related. the return of dinosaurs jurassic park that's where we're going um any other closing thoughts uh opinions no, i Nelson? mean i think we it's uh it's a it's a big picture con you know, it's, it's, this is, these are big picture ideas. It's, uh, cop is a big picture sort of uh, thing, but it's it's nice to talk about it a little bit. Um, yeah, and maybe we'll talk sure. about it some more if that's something that people. I think we do hear. need to talk about science and policy because we didn't we didn't cover that in our science communication mm. uh, thing, and some of those things like intersect and like come together. Uh, but I think I think even for my own my own edification, learning about how like science and science policy intersect mm. might be a good thing to to try and 
think about and find more about because this is the highest level of that right and we can yeah. get from levels um, all the way to like stake all the meetings probably at the, at the bottom yeah yeah but but it's also as as professional scientists you are governed by these policies and laws mm. you know and then you are also potentially contributing knowledge that can be used to adapt uh, these policies it is a second thing so there's yeah, definitely sure. you definitely in the middle yeah. of that um, yeah. so it's important to sort of you know have a general awareness and talk a little bit about that so i think in terms of general awareness it's it's good to talk about these things Sure, 100%. If you want to talk to us about anything we mentioned, you can do so at Agalus Current on Twitter, at Agalus Current Affairs, everywhere else in the comment section. Rate us on podcast services. Um, you can find me specifically at Geekoscopy. Um, yeah, and you on can. Uh, everywhere else. And you can find uh, me on, uh, on the interwebs <laughs> uh, at Argonauts, Argonaut Science. Um, and we are also present. Yeah. So don't don't cop out on climate action. That's the closing remarks. <laughs> yeah, let's not cop out. All, All right. right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.